What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, What's Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy. Most because lack of follow-through guy, it sounds so cool to me. But enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner. He's the Italian Stallion. He's got the license plate cover to prove it. Mr. Julian Murray. Stallion, good afternoon. Good afternoon, my friend. So glad to be here with you. I know this doesn't apply to you, but someone it maybe applies to. The topic of the today is why your friends are broke and wants you to be too. Do you truly believe that? Well, seeing as you're one of my best friends, um, <clears throat> I'm hoping this doesn't apply to us today. But I, I will tell you that this is this is an important topic because it should wake us up, right? I, I think the idea that people are just commonly defaulting to their surroundings, this is... We can't keep doing the same things and expecting different results, right? And if we can identify what's causing that, then we know, you know, Nelson used to say, if you know what's going on, you know what to do. I think that's the importance of today is tune in to figure that out so that you continue to know what to do. You think about our show, we cover a lot of topics and, and mostly it's, okay, how do I stop trading time for money? And the end result of that means that I, maybe I'm going to pursue things that are outside of the career that maybe I've been in, right? I've Maybe I've been working either as an employee or maybe as a small business owner. And now I'm moving out of that. And I, I don't know if you know who Alex Hormozy is, but he's one of the friends of one of our friends. And so I've kind of followed him and he was on uh, Instagram the other day and he, he actually had this comment. He was talking about this very thing about when you leave the world of, you know, the corporate world to go out and do your thing, I, people will root you on like, yes, come on, man, you, you're going to do great, right? But secretly, they're like, good, because now they're not going to stand between me and whatever the next rung on the corporate ladder is. But the moment you start having success, it starts to remind them of the dreams that they didn't pursue and they're pissed. <laughs> they don't really want you to succeed. And I thought, well, this is a worthy topic not for us to just beat up on people. We'll talk about maybe the mindset behind why people are there, but I think it's, there's a lot of bad decisions people are making. Before I go too deep into all the things we're going to cover today, we got to bring in our friends, the dream team of financial coaches. To my left, I got Mr. Incredible. His superpower is speed to financial freedom. And the real beauty is that speed's contagious. My man, Mr. JD Hill, say hello to your fans, JD. Hey, fans. Hey, keep uh, keep one hand uh, on the steering wheel. You can wave with the other. Hey, fans. Uh, Russ, really excited to be here all the way from Texas. I'm repping my Texas shirt. 
Um, the reason why I'm repping it is because I spent $250 at Kuyu and so they gave it to me for free. Um, so that's why I actually have this shirt. Oh man, you spent 230 and you bought a shirt with the other 20. Well, All right, so I, this... I spent more than 250, but yes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, why are your friends are broke and want you to be too, man? What, what do you think is important for about, uh, for us to uh, cover this topic? There's so much about this um, topic that just resonates with me. A couple of things stand out. One, misery loves company, mm. right? Um, and I think there's so much of that uh, that goes on in our world today. And um, I don't know who said this quote. Uh, they they accredit it to uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, but it says, great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. And, um, and I think that's, that's so telling to the type of people that you're running around with is what are they talking about? Because that's going to have a massive influence on how you, um, direct the decisions and choices that you make for your life. Isn't that interesting? We were with our friend Shiraz Frasso not too long ago, and he was talking about the five levels of relationships. He was going through the different levels. One level was talking about the past. Yep. All he could do is talk about what happened in the rearview mirror. You know, what's the guy from Napoleon Hill? Just reminiscing. If they'd only put me in, right? You know, we won, we won state championship. That's right. Oh, then you got the Rico. Then you got the next level of people, and all they could do is just talk about people. <laughs> they just talking trash about people. And nobody getting ahead. And then he was saying something about guys who all they talk about is ideas. They don't get anything done. But whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. But let me get around. Uh, we, we got the true financial Sherlock Holmes of our day. No problem too difficult to solve. If I'd only known him earlier, I'd be so much richer. Said everybody, Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. Let's see. Er. Hey, nice to be seen. What resonates with you about this topic today? Well, I'm resonating with, uh, what would we say? Uncle, uncle who? Rico. Uncle Rico. I'm just looking this up. I, I, I know, I don't know why I never made this connection. What's a, you seen the longest yard? Yeah. Yes. What's, what's the, what's that guy's name? Maybe it's Brucey. I think it's Brucey and the longest yeah. yard. Oh yeah. Adam Sandler. He's like, Hey, I can be quarterback. Come on. I can be quarterback. You get like that New York accent. He's like, all right, show me. And he like, just side throws it over and he's like ah slipped it's it's the popcorn i had popcorn it's the butter on the popcorn uncle rico and brucey are like the same character i guess i don't know why i never made that connection you know i do i do know who made this quote jd not not certain about his quote but i do know who said that you could blame it all on my roots come on come on garth yes and ruin your black tie affair now we it's fun to have friends in low places Right. But it's not fun. That, that is, well, it's fun to say. It's fun to sing. It's more fun to sing, actually. Uh, but that, that's true. But it's not fun to sit at a table and talk about work, talk about the people at your work, talk about your pets, talk about what you might do in the weekend. There's bigger conversation to be had, JD. So I do appreciate your quote. And what this should not be about is, us convincing people to give up their friends or leave their friends behind. But maybe this is a call to enhance some new friendships and look a little bit higher. So I think that why this is important is to think about not cutting off who you got. I don't want to do that, but who who maybe do we need to add? Uh, hopefully that comes from this podcast. How can you lift up some of those that maybe that you enjoy spending time with, but maybe are not in the direction of where you're going. Is that what you're saying? Kind of bring it with you. 
Sure. If they if they want to go, right? I, I think some sometimes they, they don't really want to go. I think that's a, an interesting discussion that you you bring that connection together that people, whenever you are in a discussion, and, and tell me if this happens to you, but I, I'll go to an event and start talking, and usually I don't want to talk to you, but I just rather get it done and move on. But if I if I do get in discussion, it's really quickly where I, I want to start talking about let's do something. Like, you know, what's an idea? Tell me something new that you're working on. And if that conversation is not going there or that person doesn't have the capability to take it there, I get bored super easy. It's just it's when I get in a conversation with somebody and they they start talking about all those things. And my wife is like pulling at my shirt sleeve, like, let's go. It's been three hours. You got to give up. You got to move on. I'm like, wait a second. It's one more thing. I did that the other day. I went, uh, my, my daughter had a, a, a friend's house she went to that I went uh, with uh, for like a Halloween party or whatever. And I thought this is going to be a disaster. I'm going to hate my life over here. And the dad ended up being like this super entrepreneur or like had done most of the things that we had all have done. And it was just like, oh, you did that? Let me tell you about this. And they're like, I did this. And it was so fun. All right, let me let me get over here to the king of Beham, Mr. Real Estate. He's agnostic to his type as long as it produces cash flow. The multi-talented Jamie O'Brien. Good to see you, Jamie. Man, good to be here, Russ. Just enjoying another day in paradise, my friend. Hey, JD. <laughs> Sorry that you haven't listened to me already ramble. Talk to us about what you think about this topic today. Man, everyone threw out a bunch of great stuff. I mean, what I want to kind of relay today and why I think it's important is I've, I've been there. Right, I've I've made everything we're going to talk about today. I've I've been there. I've made those mistakes, and I've come out the other side. And so, I just want to encourage the listener: you're probably here for a reason, right? Take notes, think about it. You could be a follower or a leader in life. Mm. I'm combining a lot of ideas here, but just know that uh, again, we're not condemning, right? We're trying to teach you how to maybe see the light come to the other side. What are we going to talk about? Here's the three things we're going to break down. Obviously, mindset. I think JD, uh, Amen, is, is a lot of what keeps us from maybe achieving the goals that we want because we haven't even created the goals for ourselves. And there's a lot of mindset things that we're going to hit on. I, I, you'll probably relate to some and there'll probably be aha moments in there. The second thing is let's talk about what are they, we're going to talk about they, you're not doing these things wrong. What are they doing wrong? We're saying why your friends are broke, right? Well, we're going to talk about what are they doing wrong? And you've heard us talk about some of these things before, but I think you need to be really reminded of what are the things that people are doing wrong and how can I avoid making those mistakes? And then lastly, we'll give you some ways to correct course. If you happen to be in that camp, if you're actually making some of those wrong decisions, we're going to give you a couple of ideas, maybe a couple of models or frameworks that you could follow to get yourself out of there. So your friends are no longer in low places, or at least you're not in a low place. So maybe you can bring it with you. Everybody, let's belly up to the table. Let's jump in right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Let's let's break down the mindset, right? What is going on in people's mind? Why are they really broke? Like what are 
what's keeping someone from getting out of this? And I know you and I relate to this because both of us come from very humble beginnings, as they would say, right? My mom's a school teacher. My dad was a general contractor. Your parents worked at the Salvation Army. There was not a whole lot of greenbacks flowing through our houses. So I think you and I can relate from a mindset standpoint. Give me, give me one idea that you think is holding someone back. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and credit this to the youth of our day, right? Uh, they they say that term no cap, right? And be honest, I have no idea what that means, uh, where it came from, but I think it applies here because man, we have a mental cap, all of us, and our your friends have a mental cap. I can remember back, and I've shared this before, so forgive me if this is old news, but. I remember when I was first starting in the mortgage business and it was a couple years in and I was standing there with my manager and we just moved into a new office location. There's all these cubicles and he was, we we're walking there and he, he put his arm around me. He's like, man, he said, you see all those? He's like, each one of those cubicles is a hundred thousand is worth a hundred thousand dollars production income wise. And I, I just remember at that point, so early in my career, I did not believe somebody could make a hundred thousand dollars. It was like a cap. It was a mental cap that I had, but as soon as he said it and I could see what he was kind of, he was giving that vision. It was all of a sudden like, just, oh, well that that's easy. Like that's, that's what these, that's what everybody should make. So it just made it mentally like, this is no big deal. Like I, I could easily do that. But before that conversation, there was literally a lid on what I was thinking. And I think most people have never had their lid raised. And, and that this is, this is part of our conversation today is men. Are you going to be the person to potentially raise the lid for the people around you? And uh, that could be super powerful or super uh, beneficial to you and to them. What about you earn? What do you think? What's what's holding someone back? Well, I wholeheartedly agree with Joey, and I'll just add really to what he's saying in that I remember uh, a year ago, last summer, and I'm not sure so sure that I'm glad that I did this or would recommend doing this, <laughs> but I was with a group of my friends. We were just hanging out, and I, I and I thought to ask them, hey, who is the most successful person that you know? Like financially speaking, who's the most successful person that you know? And it was interesting to me that uh, the conversation was not very productive <laughs> and that they had to think really hard. And most said, well, at the owner of my company, I got the owner of the company that I work in. And and so I just got to thinking, well, I wonder how well they really know that that person who's the most successful one. And, and what do they really know about them? And so it just occurred to me, um, personally, I'm so grateful by being in this type of community that I know lots of very successful people, financially speaking, who are with me and way ahead of me. And so the idea occurred that, yes, yeah, successful people spend time with other successful people and broke people spend time with broke people, it's sort of just sort of common thing. We we will rise to the degree of the expectations that are set before us, and so I think that's what we're talking about here. And Joey, I love 
the idea you say of, are you going to be the person who raises the cap for the people around you? So we don't have to leave them and go exclusively be a part of another group. Uh, we, we might be able to raise the lids of those around us. Well, Joey, remember when we had Steve Sims come and speak to the Passive Income Mastermind? And if you haven't read his book, Blue Fishing, great book. Like You should 100% go read this because it's really talking to this point of how are we finding ways to get things done and do things with really interesting and successful people? It's by helping other people accomplish what they want. And one of the things he said that this guy was like working in like a suburb of London as like a bricklayer, right? Brick Mason. And he and his buddy was in a bar. They're having a beer pint, as he would say. And there's this guy, super successful. They had seen him always come in there. They, they knew the kind of, uh, car he drove, the business that he was in. He's like, I'm just going to go spend time with this guy. I want to go ask him, what does he do? What does he think about? And his buddy's like, yeah, let's go do that. And he walks over and starts having a conversation. A few uh, seconds in, he looks back and realizes his buddy never came. His buddy stayed over because his buddy was like, I, I don't know what to talk about with this guy. So I'm going to go over there and uh, I, I'm not going over there and make a fool of myself. I'm going to sit right here. And so what he did, he sat there and just asked questions. And he said, the guy just started sharing lessons with him. And that set him off on a journey to go find more people like that and to, to go have interesting conversations with the most successful, unique people. And it's led him to be one of the more most interesting people in the world that nobody knows except the people with a lot of money who want to get into places and find things to do. And he's the guy, right? So to your point, Ernie, it's, I thought maybe we have to be the Steve Sims. Maybe we have to be that person for our group to raise our group up. Jamie, talk to me about mindset. What do you think is holding people back? Yeah. You know, the first thing that came to my mind was peer pressure or, or even really like herd mentality. I mean, to Ernie's point, being around a certain group of people. And so I, I was digging into some stuff about herd behavior and, and something interesting came up. It said herd behavior in humans is frequently observed at times of danger and panic. If you think about like a, a fire in a building, people kind of lose their ability to think for themselves and just kind of follow the crowd. And so that that brought me to thinking about my life and, and my story. I, I mentioned earlier, I've been there, I've done that, right? So I get my first job, real job after college, working in a nice little cubicle and a few interesting things happened. HR came by and like asked me to sign up for this 401k thing that I had no idea what it was about. Everybody does it. We match you. I know we're not supposed to talk about it, right? I'm talking about past experiences here. And then I learned the phrase baller on a budget. I'll never forget kind of my mentor at work was talking about being a baller on a budget, had like five or six bright lings and really nice watches. And we didn't make a lot of money, right? And so I got to thinking, so what did I do? I went out and bought myself a, a brand new Pontiac G8 and a, uh, a Triumph Dayona, uh, Daytona 675 motorcycle because I could afford it, right? You know, that's always what I wanted. I could afford it now. I had a real job and I could go do it. And all I did was make myself broke. Right. And it was because of the people I was surrounded by. So I think there's, there's a mentality to do what others are doing. Um, and, and to kind of feel part of the group, we don't want to feel ostracized by, by the community. Right. So we do kind of what, what we think everyone else is doing, what everyone else wants us to do. But you're the guy who bought the Pontiac. And that was me. Yeah, man, that G8, I wish I would have never got rid of it. The thing was great. Well, I mean, other than the fact that nobody can repair that thing since Pontiac's been gone for a minute. That's it. That's it. It has been. It was slick, though, at the time. Diddy, 
tell me, uh, you, you're you're my psychology guy. You got to get into the mindset of things. Break this down for me. I, I think, I said, I think I know. For for me, the reason why mindset is so important is, um, you know, I much like you and Joey, you know, humble beginnings. You know, I grew up you know, really with a single mom. Uh, she got remarried, alcoholic father. She stayed at home. Like we were in and out. Uh, we didn't grow up with a lot. And uh, when I graduated from college, uh, my first managing partner, he had made a com- he made a, a bunch of really good, uh, said a bunch of really qu- uh, nice quotes to me. And, um, you know, one of them was, and I don't know where he got this statistic from, he probably just made it up. But he said that you will make on average within 10% of what your parents make, plus or minus. And I'm thinking to myself like, oh, <laughs> I don't like that, Right. And, and so like, I wanted to, to certainly make more, which I was in an industry financial services so that I could certainly make more. And, um, and it took me years, like it took me like two plus years before things really started changing in this industry for me. And what's interesting is being around friends from college. Uh, and then obviously after graduating, I think what's interesting is that I believe one of the biggest addictions in our culture today is problems. And what I mean is, is that problems are the safest way for people to connect with other people and not feel like they're going to be rejected, right? So, so in other words, I can come to you with a problem and you're going to affirm my problem, right? You're going to, it's not your fault. It's going to be okay, right? We love to connect over problems and our culture is full of them, right? You can go on Facebook, you can go on social media, you can go anywhere and, and, and there's no shortage of problems. Like we're just inundated, it's pervasive, but nobody talks about solutions, Right. And so I just I, I think I think the mindset of that is that if you're listening to the problems, you're never going to see the solutions. And one of the things that I did when I got into this industry is I went to the scoreboard. So we were you know they were really big at putting up, you know, who are the top producers, you know, keeping score. Right. I went to number one and I, rec- I reached out to him. And I'm like, hey, you're killing it. I'm new. Will you teach me? I had no idea what he was going to say, but I knew worst case he was going to say was no. Like He couldn't take my birthday away. Right. But like I was that committed to wanting to do something different. Like I wanted to change. Like I was willing to have him say no. And then I'd go to number two and I'd go to number three. Like I would just move down the list until somebody said yes. Right. The interesting thing was that the first person I went to said yes. He didn't say no. And that's when I really started getting around other successful people and realizing the generosity of successful people. Like successful people are unbelievably generous and they don't talk about problems. They don't want to hear about problems. They want you to come to them with solutions. It's like my youngest today, Graham. He's sitting next to me. We're having lunch. He's like, Dad, I don't know where my water is. I'm like, okay. And so he says the statement again, but in a different way. He's like, Dad, I think I left my water over here. I'm like, okay. And so I look over to his brother, Noah. And I'm like, Noah, what's another question he could ask? And he goes, Dad, can you please help me get another water? And I'm like, yes, right? Because that's the solution to the problem. Like, I don't just want to hear about the problem. I want you to give me the solution. And so my point to all of this is that Instead of instead of uh, connecting over problems, let's start connecting over solutions to these problems. Oh man, that is so good. That is so good. And you are right that the most successful people that you know earn that you were talking about, we get to hang out with them every time we do one of these passive income mastermind meetings. We just got back from one in Denver. We got one coming up in March in Dallas, and they're the most generous people. They're the ones that the most generous with their most precious resource, which is time. And they take the time to spend with you to give you solutions. And they do, they give me the, give me the plan, right? Give me your plan and I'll show you how to improve upon it. Don't, don't come to me with like, here's my problem, man. 
so good. I'm, I'm going to throw one more quick thing in here, Stallion. Is it okay? Press share. Just, just this one time. <laughs> I want to throw this out there because I think this is one of the pervasive problems. I can. It's, a, it's, a, it's a new word for us. But here, here's one of the problems, big problems that I, I've, I've encountered is the suck cost fallacy oh, wow. into careers and into educations that we are not willing to pivot, right? That it's like, well, I went to school for this. I just got to stick it out, right? I spent $200,000 to get this degree. I can't pivot. I got to stay with it. Even though the writing on the wall tells us that we need to move. There's so many opportunities where people have a chance they have a chance that uh, the door opens for them to walk through it, but it's going to require them to say, I was wrong about the thing I did in the past. And I'm not willing to accept that wrong in order to go for right and be way righter, right? We, we've had so many conversations with people that were in a different position in life that used to be a different profession. You're like, wait a second, you were an orthopedic surgeon. You were an engineer, you were an attorney and you're not anymore. Tell me why. And they were willing to be wrong so that, that they could be more right. I know you guys were beating up on my grammar. <laughs> if you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30 second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. Joseph, <laughs> you wanted to jump in there. Go ahead. I just wanted to point something out that was like after hearing everybody's thoughts on this mindset piece, Jamie brought up that when is the herd mentality the most uh pervasive, if you will? It would be with in the in the place of fear in a place of uncertainty. And then what you talked about, JD, is problems are how people connect. One thing that I think is keeping people broke is that they're constantly feeding themselves with fear and uncertainty and problems. And it coming from things like our mentor, Nelson Nash, used to say that Washington, D.C. was the fear factory. They're constantly putting out a, a line or a, a headline that gets you thinking about fear and uncertainty. And man, we got to shut off the noise. Just shutting off the noise of social media and what the government is constantly producing out there will honestly have a massive impact on what we're talking about right now, mindset. So I just wanted to kind of connect some of the dots as we were talking. All right, so what we just covered was really the why. Why are people broke? But I want to talk about the what. What are they doing, right? What are they doing that is so wrong that's keeping them broke? Jamie, I'm going to let you go first. 
Well, I think I alluded to what I was doing wrong, and that was buying liabilities, right? And, and so I would go out and, and I, I did go out and bought the new car, bought the new motorcycle, all that fun stuff. Um, pretty much buying things I can't really afford because I wanted to fit in, right? And we see that so often. I mean, I see it all around me every single day is you can go get a brand new spanking SUV for however much. Uh, just because the neighbor has it, you need one too, right? And I think people do that every single day. And so, I mean, I think that people just spend too much money because they feel like they can afford it, probably because they don't really have a vision of what else they could do with it, with that money, right? It, buying liabilities is easier than buying assets because buying uh, assets requires work. 100%. What do you see people do wrong? I'm not so sure about spanking SUVs, but I, I do know about slapping SUVs. I want my SUV to slap, as they say. No cap. I, I think there's a lot of people who have bought from a certain financial entertainer this idea that the paid-off house has replaced the BMW as the status symbol for the middle class. We've heard that said. Maybe you, maybe you haven't heard that, but have you bought into the idea that you should become debt-free, pay off your house, pay off your student loans, pay cash for everything, and then start building wealth. And the, the thing that's behind that is if you want to become wealthy, pay off your debt and, and claim that status symbol. And if you're doing that, the reality is that as adults, we only have a maximum of 60, 70 years of time that we can pursue financial excellence. And if the goal is, is building wealth, which is goods and services, providing value to the marketplace and getting paid in return of that, if, if that is the goal, if the goal is financial freedom, growing passive income that exceeds monthly expenses, and yet you spend the first 20 years working on just paying off debt, you just cut in half your ability to grow wealth. And how does that make sense? <laughs> how is that going to help you get above being broke? So I think people buying into that mantra and, and into that strategy in the name of growing wealthy is doing the exact opposite for them. Well, you didn't, what you heard is that it became the new status symbol of the middle class. It was never said so about the upper class, about the wealthy, right? And if we're striving to, to, to climb, why would we stop halfway up? I think that's a really interesting part that's in that statement. JD. Tell me, what are people doing wrong? Um, it, I, so much of this comes from just myself and the things that I did. Um, I, I think, I think one thing that people do wrong is that they don't actually take a self inventory, right? They don't, they don't inventory their own personal lives. And what I mean is the following: is that if you look around your financial situation, and and the majority of the people in your financial world are, are the majority of people in your world, if you don't want their financial lives why are you making the same decisions financially that they're making? Right. And if, and if, because at the end of the day, if we, if we do what everybody else does, but we expect a different result, we know that's the definition of insanity. 
And I don't want to be the tallest short person amongst my friends, right? Like I, that, that's not interesting to me. And so, you know, we, 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 I think, I think the problem is that people set themselves up to fail because their environment is set up such that they're going to fail. Okay. And, and I'll give you another example. So, so being grown up in the industry, Russ, much like you as a traditional financial advisor, right? Like all we were done was, was taught the traditional financial way. Okay. Um, mutual funds, stocks, 401ks, all the traditional stuff. And when I look around, I'm like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want what these other people are, what these other people have, but I didn't know any different. And so what I had to do is I had to, to, to start doing something different because if I kept doing it, I was going to end up with the same results that I didn't actually want. And I think so many people do that is that they, they set themselves up in such a way that they're going to get results that they don't want. And they're frustrated with the results that they got based on the decisions that they made to get those results. It, listening to salespeople, right, that are broke themselves is what people make a big mistake in that world, right? I mean, you and I, when we first got in the industry, knew nothing, knew, knew nothing about money. But now we're expected to manage money, to be able to decipher between one investment and another. That's that's bad. That's I think a lot of times people make bad decisions because they're investing through novices as a novice. And the only person getting experience is you because you're losing the money <laughs> and they're getting the money. Which is, and in that in that setup, just just real quick to talk about that setup, right? So so for 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 Russ, for for you and I, because we we actually managed assets, right? Yeah. We we got paid to manage assets, right? And how much risk did we take to manage other people's money? Zero. And by the way, the word manage was that's loose. That's a real loose term. I took no risk to manage their money. And yet I got paid. And if they wanted money, Russ, what incentive did you have to let them get access to their capital? None. Zero. Zero. Why would Zero. you do why would you take the money out of the market? That's stupid. That doesn't make sense. Why would you shout out time in the market? This is a long-term thing. You got to keep your money in. Like the whole thing is just re like we're set up to make all the money, not the client. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you don't ever go watch this movie, but uh, if you, if you saw any part of the Wolf of, the, uh, Wolf of Wall Street or whatever, they talk about that at the very beginning when Matthew McConaughey and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio are talking about what goes on. And he's like, you don't, they, they don't get the money. You don't ever want to get to the money. The goal is to take it from their pockets and put it in our pockets. It's we know what to do with it. We're going to buy a lot more cool stuff with it. We're going to do a lot more cool stuff with it than they would. That's right. It's totally true. Stallion, what are people doing wrong? Speaking of exactly what you're talking about, people are focused on returns. When they invest, they are 100% focused on what's the interest rate? What's the return? What's the... How much is my money growing, right? But they've completely disassociated what the returns actually equal for them. Okay, so they just think, well, if I just have a high return, it'll all work out in the end without any consideration for the fact that what did they actually want to have happen? That's why I love the fact that if you go into our community right now, which if you haven't already done this, go join our community before we actually put this, this uh, course at a paid course, it's free right now. Go into our community, 
and download the Passport Challenge because the Passport Challenge will help you to be able to visualize what is it that I want to see my financial freedom, what will it look like if I'm financially free? And then all of a sudden, if you get clarity on that, you now know what to do with the money, right? You would never start chasing that. Like, I'll give you a really bad example from the mortgage days, okay? Somebody would come to me and say, what's your interest rate? And let's just say like, so this is November, 2023. Interest rates are like in the seven and a half range right now, somewhere in that ballpark. And what if I just told you, like the person said, what's your interest rate? They, they have no other context. I said, man, you know, we got 5% right now. They're saying, sign me up. That sounds like a massive deal. Like everybody else, seven and a half percent. They say, well, um, okay, cool. I'll see you at the closing table. And they run a $400,000 house and they go to sign and the mortgage documents say the monthly payment is $8,000 a month wait a minute, I thought this was a 5% interest rate. Yeah, but it's a five-year note. You have to pay it back in five years, not a 30-year. You didn't clarify that, right? You're focused on the wrong thing. Can you even afford this house at a 5% interest rate? And the answer is no. So fo quit focusing on interest rate or a return on investment if it's not actually getting you to your end goal. Just for the record, I may, I may take that deal, you know? Going back to your point, JD, is that we would have people come to us and I bet there's someone you know, right? We're not going to say you've made this mistake, but someone you know who uh, is, a, is a Jamie out there who went and it's like, oh, I got to sign up for a 401k. Okay, uh, I've, I'm just fresh out of college. I know zero about anything, um, including the car Pontiac. I'm, that seems like a good idea. I'm a, oh, wait a second. Investments. Okay. Let's look over here. One, three, five, 10 year returns. One year return is, yep. I'm going with that one. That was the highest. I'm going to pick that one. I want one of those. I mean, they Every just time. literally, you pick the highest return from the last year. That's right. As if that was going to, like, it's like somebody going to the roulette table and seeing what was the last color and choosing that one because the last color was the one that wants and assuming that that was going to be the next one. That would win. That's the only way that I play roulette, by the way. <laughs> well, that's the way most people pay investing is why they're they're broke. Okay, let's let's finish this up though. And let's talk about maybe some models, a simple model someone could follow. Let's help them correct course. Jamie, you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a simple model is is one, figure out kind of what you want to do. So I talked about buying liabilities. Well, can a liability be an asset, Russ? Uh, yeah. I mean, it will. Could you yeah. turn it into an asset? You mean like uh, liabilities on wheels uh, making deals? Turn it <laughs> liabilities on wheels making deals? <laughs> there you go. What I'm talking about, most people think about liabilities. Uh, most people think about their personal house as an asset. Uh, we can have that argument later, but... I say start buying assets, right? Assets are things that put money in your pocket. Liabilities are things that take money out of your pocket. And so like a simple model to follow, I wanted to get into the short-term rental business. I knew very little about short-term rentals. I knew about long-term rental and I knew about real estate. And so I needed a very simple model to follow of how to do short-term rentals, right? And so before I ended up on this side of the table, uh, for those of you that don't know, I started as a client here at Wealth Without Wall Street seven years ago. 
been a part of this kind of group and the inner circle and everything for a long time. And you guys have a short-term rental course, a short-term rental mastermind at that point in time. And I was like, I need somebody to tell me exactly what to do, follow these steps and go do short-term rentals. So I invested in myself, signed up for that course and we're working on our third short-term rental now, right? And so it was just taking that process, learning exactly what to do, following the steps and just taking action. Well, and allowing those dollars, I'm assuming, to help you pay for your other uh, fun hobbies, right? Correct. Correct. Use those use those dollars to cover my liabilities. That's the goal. <laughs> Pontiac Owners Club membership and everything. <laughs> you got a jacket for that? Or? No, no jacket anymore. No jacket anymore. No more kit. No more right. kit. G- give me a simple follow to, uh, simple model to follow. Yeah, well, a minute ago, I I talked about paying off debt. And and what that is doing is it's taking your cash and getting rid of it, right? And and so that's that's a problem. If if the all-out strategy of of growing wealth is for you to take all of your dollars and pay down your debt, that's a problem. So what do we want to do? We want to get access to cash. So... We find, I think of this couple that I worked with end of last year and then again, middle of this year in a coaching uh, manner, and they had the right desire. They wanted to grow wealth, but for so long, they were doing it, making the wrong decisions, (laughs) contributing to their retirement plans. I'm going to grow wealth, and so I'm going to put cash in these retirement plans. They realized that's creating no income for them, and so they saw it a different model. They made a decision to invest in uh, land investing. And so got got that started and that's when I met them, picked up and met them. And they were starting to make decisions about how they could stop contributing to plans that are taking cash away from them and start getting control of cash. They decided to stop paying down debt so aggressively and keep that cash. And in, in an effort to help them preserve and create a system to grow their cash position, I helped them implement the infinite banking process. And they set up a life insurance policy to start storing cash in. Well, several months later, that turned out to be a really good thing for them. They're having some success and they ran out of access to cash. Fortunately, this land investing business had grown to the point where the husband was able to leave his job. He fired his boss. And when he did that, he took that retirement plan, rolled it into an IRA, and then create a strategy with the CPA to start pulling cash out of that plan to start reinvesting in his land investing business, helping him speed up the growth of that even more. And he ended up bolting on an addition to his infinite banking system. But the point is, the goal is not to be debt-free. The goal is not necessarily to have a tremendous net worth. The goal is to be financially free, having passive income that exceeds your monthly expenses. And the thing that you will run into is a lack of access to cash. So you need to set up a model where you can be regularly, systematically taking your active income and storing it. And from that storehouse, building passive income from there. So good. JD, how about for you? Yeah. um, Things in my life personally uh, changed dramatically about five or six years ago. And, um, I had my own firm, uh, with another business partner, you know, we had went independent and launched our own deal. 
and uh, doing the traditional financial planning stuff, um, I got invited to be in a mastermind with 10 total advisors. So I was one of 10 advisors across the country. And we were learning how to take our business model online. And what was interesting about that uh, journey is that's how I met you guys, was in that course. Now, this was five or six years ago. It cost $10,000 to be in this group, okay? And um, I'm like, I, I want to go online. I see the value in this. I'm in this group with folks like you and, and others, and you guys are talking about things that was completely opposite of what I'm teaching people. And that was really where the, where the, where the seed got planted for me. And since then, my financial trajectory, right, the things that I'm doing from a financial freedom standpoint, has it's just been a hockey stick. It's just been straight up. And it's because I was willing to invest in myself, right? I was willing, y'all probably heard this, this expression before, but those who pay, pay attention. And because I was willing to make that investment and invest in myself, everything dramatically changed from that point going forward. I realized that what I was doing was never going to work for me, which is what I was already feeling, but y'all confirmed it, right? I was grateful that Joey was willing to, to, to take a flyer, even though Russ wasn't, right, on a guy like me, okay? And, and, and what's amazing about this is that I'm not the only person that's had results like this. So, so there's another guy from our community. Um, I met him um, about a year and a half or so, two years ago. It'll be two years in January, right, or a year ago in January. Uh, it was our first Inner Circle Live events. We connect and we're chatting and like six months later, he quits his job, right? He joins our mastermind, he quits his job and, and he's financially free. And, and I just, because he's will, people are willing to invest in themselves. And I think, I, think, I think that's the model that we, so we started with mindset, right? And it's like, once you get around other people that have a different mindset, that are willing to encourage you, that are willing to challenge you, that are willing to help you look at solutions and not problems. Oh, you're never going to be able to do this because of these reasons versus, oh, we can absolutely do these things if we do these, this, 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 and this, right? It's just, it's totally different. Um, and I just know that the results that I've had personally, the results that we've had numerous people that have joined our masterminds uh, and had the results that they've had, there are more fireworks going off, right? Is all because people were willing to invest themselves and bet on themselves. The fireworks didn't go off for me, but maybe it'll happen after I hear what you have to say, Stallion. Man, I hope I hope it does too. Um, but I'll tell you, I'm just going to kind of piggyback on what Ernie was talking about earlier. And instead of focusing on the interest rate, or in, in this case, what's the return that is associated with this investment, start thinking about cash flow, right? In investments should create cash flow because that's the only way that true freedom is actually created. And I'm going to give the example, like right now, if you want a model that you can do today to create cash flow, you have to go in and I'm just going to give you the simplest way is land flipping, right? Or if you haven't already figured this out, thelandgeek.com, they're friends of ours. Uh, Mark Podolsky and his team actually run our land flipping business and they have produced more people in our community that are financially free, I think, than anybody else because they have a, a provable, followable model that you can plug into. And for relatively low amount of money to get started, you can actually create monthly cash flow that puts that proves to you that you can leave your nine to five. Like, like just as what Ernie was just talking about. 
these kind of things happen all the time within that model. And man, it is, it's wide open. There's a, an unlimited amount of people that could be doing this. And so if it's something that you're looking for and you say, man, maybe this would be good for me, start there. But the second thing I'd encourage you to do is take our investor DNA course from our community or with one of these coaches, jump on a call with one of these coaches. They can walk you through how to get this at wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash free call. And they'll walk you through your investor DNA, your profile as you have been created by God to see the world. What are the investor uh, investment options that you should be considering? And take that model and run with it instead of focusing on interest rate or return on investment. Well, we've we've covered a lot today, even uh, adding some words to the the U.S. dictionary. Mindset, big issue, right? Big problems that we have when our minds are not focused toward growing, but limited to the resources or the people around us. You get to hear some ways that people are doing things wrong. If you're one of them, you have an opportunity to correct it because at the end, you get to hear multiple different models which people are creating financial freedom for themselves. They are able to stop trading time for money. They are able to start pursuing things that are more in what they want to accomplish as compared to what they have to do. Want versus have to do. We hope that you found value in this episode. If you did, share it with somebody. Rate, review it. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.